1: What's up, guys? Welcome to the I Don't Get It podcast. You know all our names and all our voices. Um, yeah. <laughs> we are so excited to have the guest that we have on today. His name is Case Kenny. He's basically known as a dude who likes to like lift weights and share feelings. Um, <laughs> Case, thank you so much <laughs> for being on. We're so stoked to have you. I love that you don't call yourself like an expert and you don't think you're an expert either. But basically, if you guys have never heard of Case Kenny, he shares his perspective and experiences on like dating. Um, relationships, people in general, mindsets through a podcast he has called New Mindset Who Dis? He also released a book recently called Single Is Your Superpower. And he's basically my, as someone who's been single literally since I popped out of my mom's vagina, <laughs> he's literally like the Instagram that I gravitate towards whenever I'm like, I don't know, just like need advice dating when it comes to dating or relationships or whatever it is. Um, but K, so I was hoping you could start off by just telling us like where you came from and basically how you blew up on every single person's radar.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks for having me. And yeah, that that description um, of me being a dude who just likes to lift weights and share feelings, that's new. That was given to me by Raina <laughs> over on Girls Gotta Eat, but I'll take it. I think that's actually really accurate and I like it and it's simple. So um, yeah, I mean, so I mean, my... I'm not an expert. I'm just a guy. I started podcasting a couple years ago just as a means to challenge myself. I I came out of a relationship and I was like, who is Case? Like, what am I doing? I was very heads down in that relationship and my job and I came out of it and I was like, you know, I want to get to know myself better. And so I just started sharing my thoughts on different things like self-development topics. I call it all mindfulness. Um, And 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 unfortunately, it kind of blew up and it got real popular real fast. But I never talked about like dating or relationships. I, I thought... Um, and still think to an extent that I'm, I'm woefully, you know, unqualified to do that. But I started sharing my thoughts on dating and like being single and things like that. Um, and that's when things really, really started to blow up. And then I started to write down my thoughts on Instagram, on coffee cups, which is like my vibe. Um, and that even blew it up even more. So It's a
3: great aesthetic. It's very mm-hmm. clean. I enjoy reading it mm-hmm. on the coffee cup.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I drink a lot of coffee and I figured <laughs> I could put it to use in some way. I mean, it is pretty funny, like people who like, I live in Chicago and I feel like all, I'm like a, a grown man walking around doing arts and crafts, like taking pictures of coffee cups. And <laughs> I stuff, was imagining so. that. I was looking it's, at
3: your Instagram, like how embarrassing.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, it, it, I used to be embarrassed. I used to like wait, everyone like walk by me and I'd snap these photos, but now I don't care. And like people say hi yeah. to me because they recognize me, but it's, it's a very familiar aesthetic. It's like, I wear this. I, I kind of wear the same thing all the time. It's just like, just like Vans and ripped jeans and like a white tee. And you know, I've got this brand now. Case is the guy walking down Wacker in Chicago carrying a coffee cup, like he's gonna go take a picture of his feelings. So <laughs> I've gotten used to it. I wanted to ask yeah. you Aww.
1: how long it takes you to write everything out. So, and "You guys, if you go to inst- case on Instagram, you'll you'll see what we're talking about." But how long does it take you to write all that stuff out?
2: Um, well, I mean, uh, I <laughs> the whole thing is just hilarious to me. I mean, I like I'll practice it before I write it on the coffee cup because I don't want to like. I, I genuinely try to drink my coffee, write it, and go. But sometimes I'll mess up when I have to, like, do another cup. So trying to protect the environment. Yeah. You know, I don't want to kill all these coffee cups. Oh,
3: I thought you bought a whole pack from Costco <laughs> yeah. and then just did it every morning.
2: I mean, I, I have a bunch of extra cups in case things go wrong. And <laughs> Behind my handwriting, the scenes I am working of an on artist. my handwriting, like trying to make it better. Um, so it's a work in progress. I love it. But love it. Love the BTS.
1: Um, a little bit about <laughs> us, Case, and, like, people have been listening to us. So we basically started I Don't Get It four years ago. Ashley and I had like never had a boyfriend at the time that we started it. Um, I still believe that I have never had one. Um, And so we were in our mid to late 20s and we were, our first episode was like, I don't get how girls get boyfriends. And like, we ended up getting all these like messages from like girls that were, or women and and men like from, that were our age that also had never been in a relationship. Um, So today I think our listeners are really going to benefit from like your perspective basically want to first start talking about what it means to be single and your perspective on like the difference between being alone and being lonely or I'm sorry, the difference between feeling alone and being lonely.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, so, so my health, I've been single for three years. I think before that I was always in a relationship. So I'm 32 now. So basically all my twenties, I was always in relationships and, um, I mean, I think there's a big difference. And I think that the difference starts with understanding. And I, and I wrote a book by the title. I called it Single is Your Superpower. That being single isn't a negative thing. It isn't a stigma. There's no assumption to be made about your worthiness or who you are or what you deserve just because you're single. I wrote an entire book on this. That's how like passionately I feel about it. Um, and I think, namely, like I, I don't think in life you're ever going to look back, call it five years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now, and regret being single. I, mm-hmm. I, I think it's impossible to be like I regret being single in my twenties or my thirties or even my forties. I don't think that's. Possible. I've never
3: been single in my entire that's life, and I'm Ashley's mocking that. me because I, like, I think Lauren's nodding yeah, she's mocking along. Me for I'm like, oh yeah, you. you practice this, <laughs> but I would never regret it if I was <laughs> right.
2: right. Yeah. Yeah, but I think there's other things you'll regret, right? You'll regret being in a relationship, staying in a relationship for too long, right? You'll regret that. Yeah. Um, you'll regret messing up or whatever, whatever. There's all these other things that you'll, you can regret. But I don't think you'll ever regret being single. So I think that's an mm-hmm. important thing um, to recognize because I think everyone's going to feel lonely at some point. I just released a podcast the other day where I talked about the fact that sometimes I feel lonely. Sometimes me and my boys feel lonely. And we're grown men, lifting weights and talking about protein and wearing flannel shirts. Like we're not some like super sensitive people. So like, it's super universal that everyone's going to feel lonely at some point. But I think the the key to understand is that being single, feeling lonely, it's not something that you need to have like a knee jerk reaction to and like try to fix it. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing broken that needs being fixed. And in fact, like, I, it's cliche at this point to be like, oh, single is a time to really dive into you and, and all those things. And that's true, of course. Um, but I, I see it as like, it's easier to settle than it is to be single. Mm-hmm. And when you look at it like that, I think it, it's, it's easier to settle than to, to feel lonely. Like it's, it'd be super easy, I think for the most part, to like go out and date someone and be with someone who you know isn't right for you or to pretend to like all the same things as everyone else or to hang out with people who you know aren't real friends. Like it's easy to do those things. It's less easy though to dig in your heels and be like, I'm single but it's not a negative thing. It just means I'm like, I'm building on myself and I'm centering myself on who I want to be. So I look at it that it's like, it's like all upside and it's not something you'll ever regret. And I think it's, you know, there's no magic pill here. It's not like you can snap your fingers and be like, Oh, I'm fine with it. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a matter of looking ahead and realizing you're, you're not going to look back and regret it. It really is a, a powerful time in your life.
1: And I love that you say this because I think a lot of my twenties, I was like, oh, I need, I need someone, I need someone to like complete me, and like everyone else has someone, and like, woe is me, and I'm never gonna find love, and am I gonna die alone? And then, you know, I've been alone for right. so long now, and now I'm dating, and now I'm meeting people, and I'm like, oh, it, it would actually be more enjoyable to be alone than to like really be with this person, even though I'm normally on the other side of that. So a big thing I actually use to ease my anxiety in the beginning of dating, just because dating, just, I don't know, guys, the beginning of dating is so anxiety-inducing for me. Like, do they like me back? Do I even like them back? Is this going to work out? Is this going to end in heartbreak? Blah, blah, blah. All this stuff goes through my head. So one thing I've actually been taking every day is CBD. And I started taking this new CBD company I'm obsessed with. It's called Feels, but not like feels like Drake feelings. It's like F E A L S. And it is just reduce my anxiety, pain, sleeplessness. Every morning after I brush my teeth, I put like 20 milligrams under my tongue. It's like a liquid tincture and I hold it there for 30 seconds and I just feel less anxiety. It also helps me sleep better. And I just go through my day a lot better. And I think for people that, you know, maybe never want to try weed, Mm it's, it's, CBD is a great way, especially Feels is CBD, to like yeah. naturally help you feel better because there's no high hangover or addiction. And there's a community
4: um, you can actually join um, and you can get Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. And then there's real human support. So if you're new to CBD and you have a lot of questions, Feels offers a
3: free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. Feels has... Me feeling my best every day, and it can help you too. It helps me a lot with my back pain, so that's what I use it for. Um, become a member today by going to feels f e a l s dot com slash get it, and you'll get fifty percent off your first order and free shipping. That's f e a l s. Dot com slash get it to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping feels.com slash get it so okay so you've talked about being single I want you to go into
1: dating this is my favorite thing you've ever talked about and I think it's something that's super trendy right now especially in like the single relationship dating like category everyone's always talked about red flags and you talk about green flags. Yeah, so like what is this concept of green flag? What is a universal green flag? And what do you think is the most important green flag that we should look for when we're dating?
2: Yeah. So this is something I frankly hadn't heard of until I started pe- seeing people reference the term. And I was like, okay, I can get on board with this, right? A red flag is your intuition saying, that's a warning sign. This might not be right. I need to really figure out what's going on. Like, I don't like that. That doesn't feel right? Right. That's a red flag, everyone knows what a red flag is and and there's many, many, many. Green flag is the opposite. It's your intuition saying that example that was set for me, that feels really good. I should explore this. There's potential here, right? So it's just the opposite. It's green means go. Red means stop. So I saw that and, and People are like, oh, what's a green flag? And I was like, yeah, I got to think about that. Um, so I sat down and thought about this the other day. Um, and there's all kinds of green flags. Like I looked up online, like what people say green flags are. And then most of them are like situational, circumstantial, mm-hmm. like oh, a green flag is when, you know, um, the, the person reaches out first or the, the person is interested in your, in your hobbies and like wants to try and like wants to meet your family and like situational green flags. Um, or like religion
1: so was, like, uh, or politics yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah,
2: exactly. Th- things that are... Uh, pretty universal that at some point you're going to come across and ideally they would align in some way. So I was like, let's take those off the board. Um, So I was thinking like what more higher, higher level is like a really big green flag um, that you can like see in someone else. So my, my, my take on it is that I think the biggest green flag, again, this is something where your intuition is like, I love what I see here. This is great. Is that the person you're dating or considering dating um, is, is not obsessed with or not focused on potential. That's both your potential as a man, as a woman, and your potential as a couple. Um, Hmm. Because what I see a lot is that, People, it's like I just want to get over dating so that we could be in the couple phase. I just want to get this over so we can be in the honeymoon phase. I can't wait until we're this happy couple. I always make jokes about farmers markets and pumpkin patches, <laughs> like that's the like honeymoon phase of dating or something. Um, it's, it's you know, it's when it's those things and it's and it's nights in and coffee in the morning together and everything is perfect or like the house and white picket fence kind of suburb vibe or whatever. It's like someone who isn't so much focused on that, but who like is jumping ready. the
3: gun into that that phase of the relationship. Just enjoying where you're
2: at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a really simple, it's enjoying where you're at. It's appreciating the person who's in front of you today. You're dating their reality. You're obsessed with their reality, who they are. You're excited for who they can be. You're excited for who you can become as a couple, but like, there's nothing to be proved. You know, there's, there's, you know, potential is great. I think it's always important to talk about the future and things like that, but like, that's not... The focus, like I've been in relationships mm. before, where it was like, oh, I can't wait until you know we've done this and we can do vacation and like really vibe and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's great, but like, what if that doesn't come? Like, what if nothing changed? Like, are we okay with the current? Um, and sometimes the answer is no. So it, that's the green. I feel flag. like
3: most of us are like conditioned to look at the potential in the relationship because then we think we're wasting our time if it's not going to turn into anything.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think this is all about balance. I think that's important. Um, but I mean, no matter what, like, uh, my biggest question is like, if I'm dating you and we're talking like, you know, five dates in or something, somewhere you've gotten, all, you've gotten past the initial awkward getting to know you phase and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay, this is good. If nothing were to change, like, is that good enough for you? If nothing were to change about your dynamic, if nothing were to change about that person or you, like, is that good enough for you? Um, like, is that what you deserve? Like that's, that's the biggest question. And I think then you combine that with, well, what is, what does that say about your potential together? Is there growth? Yes. And that's great. That's fantastic. But there's a mutual enthusiasm for the reality as opposed to uh, whatever, whatever, whatever today, today, let's focus on tomorrow.
1: And it goes both ways. What I love is that you like call people out. So like what really hit home for me on your green flags podcast was you said, is, is the person in front of me, do they like me for who I am today? Not tomorrow, not what I'm going to look like five, 10 years from now. Do they like me today? And then reversely, do I like them today? Not, oh, maybe mm-hmm. in a year yeah. he'll have his shit together or whatever. And it's like, I think you said, you said it so succinctly. You're like, yesterday and today, build the foundation for tomorrow. And I had to check myself because I was like, wow, there's definitely people I've dated in the past where I'm like... You know, uh, he just has a lot going on and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but then do I even like who he is today? Or am I falling in love with the potential of the person? And so I wanted your thoughts on that in general. Like when, well, actually, we'll get to that when we talk about fuckboys. But yeah, I just, this whole concept of green flags, I think you are spot on. I think that is the most important one. Do you like who they are today? And do they like who you are today?
2: Yeah.
3: I'm going to write that one down and ask someone that question about me. You guys, I
4: feel quiet, but I'm truly taking it all in. I wish I had this wisdom when I was single because I feel like I what we're talking about right now is something like that is not repeated in podcast after podcast with dating experts. It's really new mm-hmm. stuff, and I love the way you look at it.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And Naz, you nailed the recap there. You said it much better than I just did a second ago. So thanks for <laughs> thanks for listening and saying it <laughs> back. Yeah, I'm just I mean,
1: rephrasing what you said.
4: Yeah. Okay. So say you're dating and you got to emotionally eat something and you're like, gosh, that <laughs> box of cereal looks so tempting, but I know it's just crap for me because it's got so much sugar uh, and it's got gluten and all that carbs. I don't need any of that, right? Well, actually, if you have a box of Magic Spoon cereal, you don't have to worry about any of that. Naz and I are so hyped on Magic Spoon cereal. They've got cocoa-flavored, fruity-flavored, frosted, blueberry. Like, they have all those fake childhood favorite flavors, but with the adult conscious nutrition.
1: Exactly, like you basically can indulge. Like I literally, I emotionally eat while I'm waiting for a text and I just have a whole bowl of magic spoon Ashley, I mix the, and Lauren, obviously, I mix the blueberry and cocoa together, mm. and it's like so good because it's like no, chocolatey but fruity. I can't explain it, but the reason why I love it is because there's zero sugar in it, 11 grams of protein, so I eat six small meals a day. Sometimes I use this as one of my meals, and it only has three net grams of carbs in each serving. So like you Ashley said, they have cocoa. So many. So like Ashley said, they for have so many bowls. Breakfast,
3: lunch, dinner, dessert. Like this, is, this is a great diet.
1: Yeah,
4: it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And I do not know how they do it, but they do. And I guess that's why they call it Magic Spoon. It's magic.
3: (laughs) Perfect. So go to magicspoon.com slash get it to grab a variety pack to try everything. And be sure to use our promo code GETIT at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident that you're going to like their product. It's a, backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash get it. And don't forget to use the code get it, G-E-T-I-T, to save $5. Um, we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. So, so okay, so we have our most important
1: green flag, right? Everybody out yep. there listening that's dating, do you like who they are today? Do they like who you are today? So so let's say we're dating case, right? So what about like baggage? So like we meet someone yeah. and maybe they have thing like a lot of things. You talk about this because, you know, I think most people listening are all our age, which is like late 20s, early 30s, later yeah. 30s. So what are your thoughts on baggage? Can
4: I add one thing in there before you answer the question? I'm, I'm having some friends that are currently um, in situations with people who have children now that we're in our 30s. And I want to know how kids can affect dating and relationships because it is so beyond me. Because, like, the three of us, the four of us don't have kids. And I'm like, oh, is that, like, a whole different realm of dating that, like, I just can't conceptualize?
2: Yeah, that's a good one. I usually try to only talk about things that I can relate Mm -hmm. to heavily. And that's one Mm -hmm. that it's like, that's a whole dynamic that throws me for a loop. And I can give advice. I could give some advice there, I think, that just comes down to awareness. But I think that dynamic is is so complicated. Mm -hmm. So I I would probably say I'm unqualified to answer. I don't have kids. Uh, But that's a form
1: of baggage. So like, what are your thoughts on like baggage in general, right?
2: Yeah, so... Yeah. So I talk about this a lot. I mean, I think for one, I think it's important to realize that everyone has baggage. So if you come up across someone who has baggage, it's not like what's wrong with you. If you yourself has baggage, it's not what's wrong with you. So I think level the playing field for one. It's the same thing that everyone feels lonely, no matter how cool you are, everyone has it. But then I think it comes down to the question of what are you doing with it? And what do you observe that person is doing with it? Is it like a dark place that you never ever want to visit is it like I think i 've likened it Is it like your taxes where you only do it when you have to at the last second, <laughs> or is it something that you 're like working on and I think I was trying to think of the the most distinct way to to talk about it for me it's I, I wrote a chapter in Singles your superpower on this thing I call it um, I call it Kanye Attitude and Drake feelings, and I think this is like when <laughs> you observe fantastic. this in someone.
3: As, <laughs> <laughs> the analogies is what's making uh, yeah. me understand big analogy, <laughs> <guys. Drake. laughs>
2: yeah i'm a big analogy guy i'm pretty simple so i need to you know visualize <laughs> um as so the thing is does that person relative to their baggage have kanye attitude and drake feelings and it's really simple it's kanye attitude is do they take that baggage they have and are they driven by it in a way are they hungry to Either um, prove something uh, about it, are they uh, you know excited and enthusiastic to try to overcome it that 's one so it 's a hunger right it 's like a fire um, they 're not defeated by it they're, it doesn 't hold them down. Um, you know, uh, in a, in a dark way, so that's one mm-hmm. kind of attitude. Another one is Drake. Feelings is are they willing to talk about it? Are they willing to be vulnerable about it? I think someone who has a weight that they carry around with them, and they're not willing to address it, they're not willing to work on it, and they're not willing to discuss it—that I wouldn't call it a red flag necessarily, because people can change. But like that—that's that I think is not the way to to handle um, a pink to handle their flag, so I,
1: perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. my my exactly. Ther- it's funny. Dr. Mike, my therapist, has been on this podcast before. I talked to him a lot about dating, and he's told me the same thing you said. He's like, I'm more concerned about people who have things that don't talk about it. And I think just mm-hmm. to bring in our Bachelor audience, um, you know, we saw in Tasha's past season, I don't know if you watch Bachelor, it doesn't matter if you do, Case, but in this past season of The Bachelorette, we had a lot of guys open up about things that people at home may consider baggage, and I just think it's like an interesting Thing to bring up about because it's kind of like at our age we're always going to meet somebody that has something. So it's mm-hmm. about if they have that Kanye fire to get rid of it, or and the Drake feelings to like open up to you about it. Maybe yeah. you should be more concerned if they're like not talking about it and not trying to yeah. fix it. Ben versus Zach, yeah. exactly. Like Ben wouldn't open up about it, and Zach was like, "I've been through it. This is a thing I have." And you know, now he's a specialist in that in that stuff. Yeah. So. Exactly. Okay. So another thing I'm super excited to talk to you about because we are massive Sex and the City fans. We have done entire podcasts on mm-hmm. the concept of big and like how we kind of feel like every person has this big in their life, which is like that person, you know, that you're either on and off with for a bunch of years. Do you watch Sex and the
3: City?
2: No. <laughs>
1: I feel okay, like miss, this is your
4: next your big. chapter into your relationship <laughs> guidance <laughs> is you watching it and then
1: relating everything to it for the sake of oh kind. <laughs> I
2: could do that. That would be that. unreal
1: if you did a podcast on Mr. Big. Because we've done podcasts on Mr. Big and who right, our yeah. big was. Carrie always went for Big. And his, his actual name was John, but she called him Big for other reasons. He was this big love in her life. But anyways, sort of that person that was like that person in your life, you know. I wanted to ask you about the spark. So... I have dated a bunch and I feel like I was always looking for a spark and I'm just that person that's like, well, I'll know. You know, like I'll know in the first 10 minutes. And then, you know, I took a step back and people are like, well, people can grow on you. And, you know, I hated my husband until the fifth date and then we <laughs> fell in love. And so it, be, it created this like sort of nebulous, like gray cloud for me where I was like, what the fuck? Well, where is the middle ground? You know, I'm like, do I give someone two dates? Do I give someone five dates? When, how long do I wait for the spark and not be exhausted by dating? So what are your thoughts on the spark?
2: Yeah, um, yeah. So I think I think looking for a spark can be a bit misleading and a little unfair to yourself because sometimes people are on, sometimes people are off. Like I generally will always go on two dates with someone more or less because people aren't their, their best selves the first day. They could be nervous. It could be an off day. It could be a Tuesday. Whatever. Like I, I'm not convinced that everyone, um, you know, that you know, you're not going to always get lucky and have that. So I try to take that out of the equation, and I think. A lot of the times we get confused by certain things that we think are sparks, like we think attention and compliments are sparks. I just did a podcast. I kind of went to war on this idea of like compliments and attention and how a lot of the times we we delude ourselves into thinking that because, you know, you're someone's woman crush Wednesday or, or some guy repeatedly texts you and tells you how beautiful you are, that like that is the spark. Mm -hmm. compliments are diamond dozen. Anyone can give compliments. Anyone can make someone else feel nice and appreciated. I don't think that's enough. And I don't think that's a spark. I think for, for me, it comes down to a larger thing and that's how someone makes you feel. Um, and that's a vague thing to say, but I I really try to lean on this. It's like, I think we need to stop looking for a spark. I think we need to stop looking for a, a perfect person. Um, It's it's like I did a whole episode on the idea of soulmates, like a soulmate isn't someone who is like perfect because they they check all these boxes and they're amazing in that sense. A a soulmate is someone who makes you feel a perfect way. Did this whole Mm -hmm. episode on I think I called it perfect love for imperfect people recognizing the fact that every single person is imperfect there is really 0% chance you're ever going to find someone who matches this perfect checklist. But I'm, I'm convinced you're going to find someone who makes you feel a perfect way that having some of those boxes unchecked or checked in a way that isn't perfect, that is perfect to you, how they make you feel, right? So that is up to you, right? There's, we all need to feel a certain way. Some of us need to feel challenged by a partner. Someone needs to feel appreciated, loved um, in and, and different ways, but like actually like, truthfully, truthfully feel that way. So for me, and, and this, like, it's a tough thing to be like, yes, I feel this way. No, I don't feel that way. And that all comes down to practicing mindfulness and self-awareness. But I think approaching someone that way and just repeatedly asking yourself, how did this person make me feel? I think that's a much better indicator than being like, do I feel that spark? Because a spark comes and goes, like it comes and goes with, you know, you could have great sex and then not great sex and be like, oh, spark is gone. You could have a great week where they're super attentive to you and like loving on you and then the next week they're not. And then you can mm-hmm. misconstrue that as the spark is not there or gone. Mm-hmm. But I think if you look at something like a, a longer lasting, more mindful indicator, like how they make you feel, and again, you don't have to define what that kind of adjective is, I think that that's a much better indicator of potential.
4: Now, for all you girls out there feeling like you're becoming cat ladies, (laughs) there's not a problem with it. (laughs) Love your kitty. It's fine. Collect all the kitties from the shelter. Bring them in and
3: make... Bring them all into your home and it won't smell like there's tons of kitties there with pretty litter. Exactly. Pretty litter is... a. Is unlike a
4: traditional litter. It's got super light crystals that trap odor, and they release moisture, resulting in dry, low-maintenance litter that doesn't smell. Okay, so side story. Hunter's mom is so funny, Lauren's boyfriend. Her, her, his mom is really funny because they had a cat named Mikey. And then she loved Mikey so much, so devastated when Mikey passed away, that she named her Aww. new cat Mikey 2. Mikey 2. So-, <laughs> so
3: Mikey 2 now has... It's the- like the- an Air Jordan or yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mikey 2 now has Pretty Litter. And not only is Pretty Litter lightweight and it doesn't smell and everything, but it monitors your cat's health, actually. Whoa. It's a health indicator. Pretty Litter wow. monitors her, um, Mikey and all cats' health by changing colors when it detects potential underlying issues. I wish they had that for dogs. Um, but you won't find that kind of innovation in any conventional litter. That's- and it, this kind of low key makes me want
1: to get a cat. <laughs> because should. I feel like that was
3: the one thing that was like holding me back,
1: you know, was like smell. But pretty litter mm-hmm. resolves all those issues. So, guys, get the world's smartest litter without leaving home by visiting prettylitter.com and use our promo code GET IT for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com. Our promo code's GET IT. You get 20% off prettylitter.com, promo code GET IT.
4: So, kind of going off the spark, Women are often like they say they fall in love between their ears, and guys fall in love between their eyes.
1: Um, between their eyes, I don't know. I was thinking legs, too. Oh, (laughs)
4: um, so like, and I've definitely had that that feeling where it's just like, Oh, I thought somebody was like fine looking. And then all of a sudden you get to know their personality and you're very attracted to them. So I guess that kind of concerns me about how much time you give someone when you're dating. Cause it's like, what if you're not attracted right off the bat, but it does take some time to grow. So like, is two dates enough?
2: Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I, I- I think you should determine that for yourself. Like yeah. my rule is two dates and then I'll, I'll make a decision from there. But I think it's on you to like really get the questions answered that you want. The attraction part, that's super personal. I think people need to figure that out for themselves. Yeah. Like how important is physical attraction? Mm-hmm. Like you, you you can't say one thing and do another. Like you really need to figure your shit out and like understand that for you. Like, you know, um, I, I mean, I, I, I get on my buddies all the time for this. Like, I have like good-looking, successful friends and they'll be like, yeah, she's amazing. But, you know, I'm, I'm, it's, you know, she's not the supermodel that I wanted. But I was like, but then he'd be like, yeah, but she's, you know, she makes me feel this and she's awesome in her career. I'm like, dude, you just answered your question for you. Why are you yeah. so hung up on this Aww. one little stupid thing? Yeah. So I, it, it comes down to self-awareness. And I know that's not like the black and white answer a lot of people want, but you've got to figure that out for yourself. There's like no mm-hmm. rule that's going to be like, all right, it's, it's four dates. It's, mm-hmm. it's like whatever you decide. But I think it does come down to, if you have questions, you got to get them answered. Like, I think it's, I, I talk to, um, I, feel like, I feel like it's women most of the time. I talk to women who they're like, yeah, I'm just uninsure like, what his intentions are. I'm unsure of like, what, he's, what is he doing on the dating apps? I'm like, why what, what haven't you asked? Like, not in like a let's define the relationship kind of stage five clinger kind of thing, but like, I'll go on a date. The first question I always ask is like, hey, what's going on? Like, what's your vibe? Like, what are you looking for? In a super casual way. Boom, my, mm-hmm. my question is, more or less answered if they're being truthful. But I think we're capable of clarifying so much more than I think we give ourselves credit for.
3: It's when you go beyond that second date, then you ask, like you waited too long because then they think it's with intention of like solidifying. You got to go into it in the yeah. first day. Be like, what are you looking for?
2: That's a good point. Yeah, I think at yeah, date yeah. two, date three, it's like, whoa, like... You're like, whoa, yeah. we've had a two <laughs> yeah, dates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: See, the thing yeah. is, I, I kind of have this in case where I feel like most people inherently want a partner. And I don't think anybody really knows what they want in the moment. I think that like a different date can mean a different thing, right? Like I can go on a date with a guy and be like, this guy's great. Um, maybe he's just great for casualness. I don't, you know what I'm saying? So I, yeah. I think yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't want to say I disagree, but that question sort of like puzzles me. You know, it's like, should I ask what they're looking for or does it, should it just organically unfold?
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I think everything is relative, but I think it's important you take a stab at it initially. And mm-hmm. if the answer is casual, then that's fine. Like, I think as long as you're like being intentional about what you're doing, then it then it's fine. I think the trouble we all get in is when we're not being intentional at all. Right. Like, I really do believe that. Like, I look back at like, I just think if, if you're just dating and you're like, why are you dating? And you're like, I'm just doing it. Like, if that's what you're supposed to do, that's where you get into the trouble. If you're dating and you're like, I'm just looking to hook up and have fun, that's fine. It's also Mm -hmm. fine to say, I'm dating because I want to find my soulmate. That's also fine. But when you have no answer to that question, that's where you put yourself in uh, problematic areas. And then you got to consider that that other person also is probably having that dynamic in their head. So you have these two people coming together, both potentially without intention, both potentially with baggage, both potentially on a Tuesday where they're both feeling off a little bit. I don't know what my deal with Tuesdays is. But, you know. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but, but you can see it's like, it's complicated. So I think, I, Naz, I wish there was a better answer, but I think it comes down to going into something with intention. And if that prompts a question or curiosity, acting on it, whether that's asking a question or whatever, um, and then just listening to yourself and trying to make the best decision. I think if you have a question about what to do and you're not doing something to get that question answered, that's when you are to blame mm-hmm. a bit right mm-hmm. there's no excuse for not at least asking or exploring or doing something to get out of that like ambiguity
1: i love mm-hmm. that it's very smart okay so i want to ask you about fuckboys and and i at first i was like do i ask him about this because I run a support group for people that are heartbroken called Heartbroken Anonymous, and I think one of the, my biggest takeaways is that men and women hurt together. So I don't. I think fuck boys is a negative connotation towards just guys. I think there. I think there are fuck <laughs> girls too. Yeah. But yeah. because you are a guy and you've talked about fuck boys, I wanted you to sort of elaborate. What What is a fuck boy?
2: Yeah. So I did a, an episode where I called it Confessions of a Fuckboy, kind of clickbait. I wouldn't really consider myself a fuckboy. But I think <laughs> to your point, everyone's been a fuck person at some point in their life. And all I think it is, I think particularly with, with men, because it's, it's definitely more rampant there. Um, it's, it's, all it is is someone who is leading you on by preying on your hope for potential. So going back to what we're talking about, everyone wants to see potential. It's a very, very important thing. It's not something to ignore. But Fuck boys prey on that desire for potential. Oh my God. That's saying. <laughs> the way that you that say saying, things
3: makes so much sense. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. I, it's not like, oh, they're trying to fuck and not get in a relationship, but they are messing with you saying, like, let's hang out another time, but then, yeah. like, leaving you hanging. It's the potential. that yeah. you are just dying for
4: the next text from him. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is extremely emotionally manipulative because <laughs> they... they They uncover what it is that you want (laughs) and what, like. i sorry. (laughs) That's great.
4: So much of my past has been clarified.
1: Yeah.
2: There you go. I told you,
1: case is the best. (laughs) All right. Sorry. Keep going.
2: It's unfortunately validated, but um, yeah. So I mean, it's it's emotionally manipulative. They they uncover what your intention is, and then they prey on it. That it sounds really dark, but I mean that's what it is at its core. That's why it's like. Everything is a double-edged sword. Like, the more vulnerable and intentional you are, the more you potentially open yourself up to get hurt. But that's, that's, that's life. Like, you've got to be willing to. But anyway, so, I mean, that's what a fuckway is. They, they prey on the potential of what could be. So that means just straight up they lead you on. Um, they, you know, they convince you that there's more. They convince you that they're on the same page when they're really not. And... Yeah, it's a, it's a really shitty reality. I mean, and there's no solution to it, I suppose, other than trying to be as aware as possible of, of yeah. the warning signs there, of which there are many, of course. Right? It's it's flakiness. It's lack like of unfulfilled
3: promises.
2: Unfulfilled promises. Always saying
3: when we get married one day. Never believe it. Yeah,
2: that's a yeah, that's a, a bold claim to make. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, so it's, it's it's things like that. Um, so I mean, I, I think it's 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 a part of dating. I mean, I and I think people are gonna be hurt in in that sense it, it's definitely gonna happen the way i look at it and it, you know it doesn't necessarily make things sting less is like you know if if you get hurt by a fuck boy it is one million percent a reflection of them like for a man mm. to do that and to do it intentionally that says all you need to know about their character like I, i'm big on this like thing of like being a man of character that's someone who like actually says what they feel and like not just what mm-hmm. they they want you to say how you feel but like actually truthfully and like when someone doesn't do that you know everything you need to know about them um and unfortunately if it comes at your expense that sucks and i'm i'm really sorry you have to go through that but it's it's 100% a reflection of them and not you um yeah
4: so if you guys are going on a date and you're like okay what would be a cute fashion forward Shoe to wear. That's not a high heel, which can seem kind of intimidating on a first or second date. I got the I got the flat for you, Rothy's. We are talking about Rothy's again because we love them and we know that you guys do too. They're the incredibly comfortable flats with zero break-in period, and that's thanks to their seamless knit-to-shape design. So many chic styles to choose from, and there's so many styles and colors being released all the time. They are the perfect shoe to step into the new year with or to step into a date with they also have bags now which is really awesome because um they're cute but they're also eco-friendly they are made from repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic
3: what i think is kind of crazy is that health health magazine like the health Bible yeah. says that they're the most comfortable shoes on earth. Oh, uh, well, what and about you know, they have, Vogue, Lauren? That's I, a I Vogue, deal. too. But also, like, they have the the choice between sneakers and all, all no. those comfortable things. They chose so Rothy's true. as the most comfortable okay, shoes on good earth.
4: point, good point. But Vogue also calls Rothy's a personal obsession. And Meghan Markle wears Rothy's. They also come with free shipping and free returns on eligible items. So you can gift them if you want without worry. You can also clean them in the washing machine, which I really think is a perk.
1: Yeah, it's such a perk. And a lot of people don't realize this, but you should technically match your bags mm-hmm. to your shoes I so love the fact that, that they have bags that. and shoes that you can easily like coordinate together is major for me so guys if you want to check out all the amazing shoes bags mm-hmm. and masks actually available right now do so at rothys.com slash get it that's rothys r-o-t-h-y-s.com slash get it style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites head to rothys.com slash get it
3: today so as a non-fuckboy you, personally, have you always, like, when you didn't feel something, explained to the girl, like, this is why I'm not going to hang out with anymore? Like, have you always been up front?
2: No, not at all. That's why, I like, I wouldn't—not I, at all. That makes me sound absolutely amazing. I mean, I would say definitely, okay. I mean, I, in my, my 20s, it was definitely mm-hmm. fuckboy material, for sure. Um, and I think lots of men— and women become fuck people, um, not necessarily intentionally, but because they're scared of confrontation, they're scared of being vulnerable, mm-hmm. and they're scared of letting someone down. And they're scared of being alone. Like a lot of times, fuck boys act out of their own vulnerability, right? They don't want to yes, be alone. they want
3: you to linger. Yeah. Just in case you're lonely. Yeah,
2: they want someone on the back burner um, and they don't want to admit that they're lonely um, and, you know, they're, they're sad boys and not just fuck boys. So, I mean, it's... <laughs> it's, it's, I it's love that wait, I, sad I, I think
4: like a... Big reason. I love that you went through causes of why people become a fuck person. <laughs> uh, but I think being afraid of vulnerability is definitely up there on the list. They're the guys that usually just like never have real girlfriends, but they always have like lots of girlfriends.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's mm-hmm. warning signs for sure. <laughs> if you can, if you can do some, you know, salute thing and figure that out, like that's definitely a warning sign. I mean, because that's, that's either lack of commitment which is a cliche to say, or they're afraid of commitment, but it's also they're afraid of ever being vulnerable and saying how they feel, which means they never actually break up with anyone because they never actually are a couple because they never actually communicate that. So, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's tough to say that there's a certain kind of guy who's a fuck boy. To my point, I think people sometimes become that way out of, Easter. you know, their own insecurities. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily like a, a narcissistic kind of drive that they just want to, you know, screw and, and have fun. I think a lot of times it comes out of their own um, vulnerability, but then the lack of vulnerability, but then their own lack of self-awareness to actually be like, well, I'm, I'm kind of being a, a dick right now.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think you mentioned warning mm-hmm. signs. So I want to get into ghosting. Um, but I love that you mentioned, well, let's start, let's start with ghosting first. Like, what are your thoughts on ghosting?
2: I mean, it's, yeah, it's super aligned with fuckboys. I mean, all it is, is, you know, why do people ghost? People ghost because they're afraid of confrontation. That's all it is. Like, it's Mm -hmm. it's so easy to ghost. All you got to do is not respond to texts and not reach out anymore. It's the easiest thing in the world. Like, I don't necessarily, I mean, I definitely blame people, but I like, I see it. I've done it. I've been there. Um, but again, my, my North star is realizing that, you know, for one, I, I depending if, if you get ghosted after two dates, I'm not taking it personally. Yeah. Um, if you get ghosted after, you know, four or five, six or months, yeah. that that's like, that's territory where it's like, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna really sting. So on the, on the former, like if you get ghosted after two dates, like I really don't take it personally because it's like that person did not know me at all. Yeah. So for someone to not know me and ghost me, how can I take that personally? Well, you do take something personally, of course, is where some, you get to know someone, they get to know you, you kind of bear more to that person, you're vulnerable, and then they ghost you. And of course, that that really, really sucks. And there's no way, there's no way around that. But again all I can say about that is it's a reflection of them and not you. And it just means they're not a good person. (laughs) And it means that you are in a sense And I never want to like pit people against each other and like, you're the good person. He's the bad person or vice versa, but it really is a reflection of them. They didn't have the, the proverbial balls to say what they wanted to say. And that, that means that they're probably not that happy and fulfilled of a person in their life. So, I mean, you gotta, you gotta take your wins where you can, but it's going to sting for sure. But I think realizing where it came from is, is a, somewhat helpful starting point.
1: Ashley has a question, but I just want to really hone in on this takeaway because it was a lesson that I really had to learn and I'm still learning, is like you cannot take it personal. And even though you said it, it feels personal, especially after five, six months, it really isn't you. And I think it takes a long time for people to really learn that. I mean, obviously there's nuances there, right? Like I don't know why a relationship went awry or whatever it is, but I think- so often, especially women, tend to think, What's wrong with me when something doesn't work out? But yeah,
2: I, I, I mean, I, yeah, that, that's the point. It's not what's wrong with you, it's what's wrong with them, 100%. But I also look at it in the same way of like a bad breakup. Like, my whole thing is like, okay, they, they ghosted me after five months. That is messed up. It really is. But I would much rather be ghosted after five months than a year. So, okay, there's a little bit of a win there. And it's the same with relationships or breakups. Like if you if you go through a breakup, it's like that was that was tough. That was that was really tough time for you. But now you're on day one of recovering and rebuilding and whatever. And you should be grateful that it's day one. I would much rather day one happening now than day one happen six months from now, knowing that because that person doesn't have the you know, communication skills, it's gonna happen inevitably. I would much rather it happen today so I could start the healing process sooner. So that again, that's a way of rationalizing rationalizing things looking back. It's it's tough to like mm-hmm. in the moment do that, but everything is on a linear line. That's why I say it's important to like try to put yourself in your shoes a year from now and not regret being single or a year from now and be like, ah, thank God he ghosted me, you know, five months in rather than a, a, you know broke up with me a year in. Like it's all about trade offs and I think that perspective can be helpful a bit.
4: But what is day one when you're ghosted? Like when do you know you need to like move on cuz mm. it it's over Ooh. because a lot of people will linger on the hope that it's not over. Like what do you do when you're ghosted? Do you, like, you like, do you do you recommend saying like calling mm-hmm. them out or do you just recommend letting it go?
2: Yeah. So so I have thoughts on that. Great I mean I, question. I, I think, <laughs> Yeah. I mean I think I think I don't, we obviously, we don't know each other that well, but I feel like maybe we're all like type A kind of like we, we, oh, yes. we say what we want to say and we're, we kind of have that vibe. Um, I, I think, I don't think it's helpful to necessarily speak your mind because the whole thing is like mm-hmm. after you get ghosted, after you get broken up with, you need to find closure in some way. But you're not right? broken up and,
3: with, you're ghosted. Like how do you get closure when ghosted? <laughs> Right. I think everyone should have closure that that person doesn't like you that much to yes, even text yes, you. Yes, yes, yes.
4: That is the real. Like that is your answer. Hitting answer.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, so go ahead. Ooh, like that's that's a lot of pressure. Okay. So I think, <laughs> I mean, I I think in the in the case of, of breakups, it's easier. I think in the case of ghosting, it's it's very yeah. difficult. But regardless, you want closure, right? And to your point, like. How can you have that? I think I think the problem is oftentimes we look to like receive closure and like we look to receive it in the form of like I'm going to call him out and I'm going to show him that I know that who he is and he's a bad person and blah 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 and he's going to sit there and he's gonna he's going to get all up in his fields and he's going to get upset. I don't think that that is how we create we. Receive closure. Like my whole concept on closure is, it's not something that you can receive. It definitely doesn't come from a conversation. It doesn't doesn't come from an apology. I really don't think closure comes from an apology. Because mm. if you're waiting mm. to get over someone, whether that's a breakup or a ghost, and you're you're like, I need that apology, then you, it's you've flipped it again. Now you're waiting for permission for them to say that you can move on. Mm. So the the whole, the whole I actually, I
1: and you don't um, feel I'm, better even after you get it.
2: Absolutely not. That's why I say, like, closure isn't a team sport. Not at all. It is, like, it is you and you alone, and I I don't have some blueprint. It's like, oh, closure, steps one through ten. All I know is that Closure and like a state of peacefulness are closely related and you get peacefulness in life by as tough of a pill as it is to swallow by accepting that some things in life don't have answers. Some chapters don't have endings. There's always going to be loose ends ends on things. And I think if you're constantly trying to close chapters, close doors, get apologies, get assurances, you're going to end up so much more drained than if you can swallow your pride and take a step back and be like, this story doesn't have an ending, but I'm moving on because I deserve it. And like, again, that's not a great answer, but life doesn't have answers a lot of the times. And I Mm -hmm. think rather than trying to receive closure, you you have to create it yourself. So I just think you got to, you got to take that person out of the equation. And so it doesn't necessitate a conversation. It doesn't necessitate getting on the same page or tying us, tying up loose ends or anything Mm -hmm. like that. It's like, it's just you and you have to come to that conclusion. Right.
4: Mm. So,
0: That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle, find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
4: What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com
0: to learn more.
1: All these things are kind of obviously related. Um, My second favorite thing that you've ever talked about under green flags, which is like we said, I just want to say it again. Do you like the person today? And do do they like you today? Is timing. I love your perspective on timing. It's a little Mm. controversial. I don't know how people are going to feel about it. I want you to, yeah, sort of just rant on your concept of right person, wrong time.
2: Yeah. So yeah. So this was like really divisive. I think people are either Camp one or camp two, right? That right, right person, wrong time is a thing. It's absolutely a thing, or it's total bullshit. Um, and I fall on mm-hmm. the in the latter camp. I, I I don't agree that there is a right person, wrong time scenario. Put a little asterisk there, and of course, like there are some things that are truly um, restrictive, like health or some like family issues where it's like I I literally cannot, like I have to be with my family,
3: or when you meet them, when you're like. 12 and then you grow up.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, yes,
3: Okay, that's my point. I'm gonna
1: have plenty right of things I to say, say but that. I'm gonna let Case talk about it. Yeah, let, yeah. let Case make his okay. case. Sorry. I'm just adding to the asterisk.
2: No, see, I, okay. I, I, that's why I wanted to, my attorney encouraged me to say the asterisk. For, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, so like I said, I, I know that there are, everyone's always gonna have a scenario where it's like, but, but, but. So again, I'm speaking from my perspective and generally. Mm-hmm. So there certainly are some scenarios where, yes, I understand. I think more than that, though, it does come down to self-awareness. I don't think that there is a right person, wrong time. My whole soundbite was that there's no wrong time, only wrong person. And I say that because I've learned a lot in both dating and business and just life in general that there really is no perfect time for, for anything. There really isn't. There's no perfect time to, like, start a business or quit a job or go back to school or even date. Like, I think a lot a of baby. people like, have a baby. Exactly. Like, when... Like, I just think it's very rare that you're like ah the timing is perfect. I think it's I think it's rare because timing doesn't always align with opportunities or circumstance. So it's it's a tough thing um, to expect of yourself. So my my whole take is that. When you meet the right person, and again, we're defining right person probably in the same way that we've been talking here, right? So green flag, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, They're not falling into those red flag pitfalls, and they've got the Kanye kind of attitude and the Drake feelings and those things. So you've done the self-awareness to say this is the right person or this person has the potential to be the right person. I think once you make that decision, then the timing doesn't necessarily become right. I just think it becomes irrelevant. I think it becomes uh, a very self-aware obstacle that you're going to have to hurdle. And I think a lot of the time the response I get is I met someone right after a bad, bad, bad breakup and I'm just not emotionally ready. I think that's a fair answer. But I think if, if you've done the self-awareness to say that person is right or that person has the potential to be right, then it's, it's something that you're willing to fight through. I really do believe that. So again, it's not, a, it's not a matter of the right person makes the timing right. I think the right person just makes the timing somewhat irrelevant so that you're going to fight through it. And of course, you're going to have to find someone who also complements that. But that, that's my take on it. And I think you know, a lot of times we aren't self-aware enough when the answer is when, when we find ourselves saying that, this is the right person, it's the wrong time. A lot of times what we really want to say is, I'm just not convinced it's the right person. Because mm-hmm. if you, if you yeah. were truthful, like truly, truly, truly convinced it was the right person, you'd be like, you'd be like, yo, this is going to suck. This is going to be really tough, but I'm convinced. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. I'm going to try. I might not make it work, but I'm going to try. So that's my take on I it. I don't know. I
4: was so with you on exactly like the last sentence or two you just said. Even when, after I met my husband, I was like, no, like... This is the right time. This is the right person. um, But, like, he was not at the right time. And in hindsight, I wasn't in the right time because I had to do a lot of growing and he had to do a lot of getting out of his comfort zone. And eventually we ended up at the right time and he was the right person. Mm -hmm. But when we first met, it unbeknownst to me, it wasn't the right time.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But based on that, it sounds like, but you didn't cast it aside. You weren't like, I oh, forget it. It's not the right oh, time. Yeah. You like worked towards the right time together. That's true. Right?
4: Neither of us abandon uh, right. us being together. You're right. Because we just right. kept coming back to each other.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think so. The whole, the whole concept goes both ways, right? So it's for you. If you're one of those people and, you're, and you find yourself saying that, then it comes down to, well, are you being honest with yourself? If you're saying that is the right person for me, but it, this is the wrong time for me, maybe you really aren't convinced that's the right person for you. So that, that's like a, that's a self-awareness ego check. Like we got to call ourselves out for that. And then the flip side, if you find someone saying that to you, yo, you're the right person. This is the wrong time for me. It's a tough pill to swallow, but I mean, that's, yeah. that's rejection veiled in a cliché. That's what it is. That's
3: exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I was like, if someone says, uh, I'm just starting school or something, I'm starting oh. a new oh, job. Tell all just the be like, thank bullshit. you for rejecting me. Yeah,
2: it's, and it's that's rejection. That. And and here's yeah. the thing. That still sucks. You're getting rejected. Yeah. But I've done episodes and episodes and episodes on rejection as well. I would much rather be rejected than mm-hmm. live in a, a world of what ifs. I, c- like, yeah. I can deal with being told no. I could be able t- I could deal with being told I'm not good enough or whatever. It sucks, but I could be told with, I could deal with that. What's really tough to deal with is not knowing. Cause that's when you start entering that like really devolving cycle of, of questioning your worth and your ability and all those things. I would much rather be told no yes. and then, Face that answer than to mm-hmm. be wondering. Oh well, what if the timing was this or that, or what if he really meant that? It was mm-hmm. like yeah. just just take the L and move on. And so no they veil. Take the
1: L. <laughs> I love it. We're more resilient than than we all think we are. You know, like yeah. we think it's like the end of the world when something ends, and then and then all of a sudden you're meeting someone new. You know, but I dating yeah. is a battleground case it is terrifying it's terrifying like going out first of all being as a woman men are like the biggest predators so you're like am I gonna get murdered today hopefully that doesn't happen um <laughs> and even if you connect or whatever you're like is this person gonna ghost me and then even if everything's right you're like fuck is I'm scared what what if someone else is out there it's all so confusing but I'm glad you went through your right person, wrong time thing, because I 100% agree with you. So let's say we've gotten through all that. We've gone through the fuckboys, the baggage. It's, we've gotten through the timing. We found our right the person. Flags. We're in a relationship. What is the number one thing you think that people need once they're in a
3: relationship?
2: Yeah. So I, I think it's relative to everything we just discussed. Of course, I think these are like, I think my, my one big thing would be compounded on those. Um, and, it, and it's a little bit cheesy. Um, I, I think it's understanding. Because I think we all define love in different ways, right? But I think there's a difference between, you know, being loved and being understood. Like, again, it comes down to definitions, I suppose. But, like, being loved by someone means, like, they support you. Like, you're attracted to each other. Like, you enjoy hanging out. Like, that's great, right? But I think there's a difference between being understood and like that that comes down to like all understanding is is just like a really really deep sense of empathy right it's like when you're upset with a partner when you're having something and like is the reaction of oh you'll get over you'll be fine tomorrow can we just move on versus like an, an eagerness to like get to the the root of of that insecurity that problem whatever it is like it's not it's like it's a, a, a challenging sense of like not taking someone's actions or words at face value. It's always diving into the why it's like an eagerness to know where someone's coming from. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's every, every cliche in the book. I'm not gonna lie. It sounds very cliche, but I really do think that there's a difference between, you know, getting along with someone being compatible with someone versus being understood by them. Like, I feel like I, I could, I can get along with anyone. I could talk to a wall and I could vibe and there's, there's a million people that I would be attracted to. And some people might misconstrue that for like, that is what love is, right? Mm-hmm. Love is uh, personality, compatibility. Love is physical attraction. Love is support for each other. But I, I still think that's missing a key component, which is understanding. Like, I feel like you can mm-hmm. you can really appreciate someone, but really not know them and really not know where they're coming from. Like, I think we can do that. But I think the mm-hmm. the, the key component there is that, understood and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier it's like how does someone make you feel well do they make you feel understood and like what does yeah. being understood mean to you maybe that's relative to your baggage right um or maybe it's under, relative to an insecurity you have or a dream you have some like weird wild dream you have that no one gets but they get it like mm-hmm. i think that's the question like do i feel understood and
3: but is being understood like you have many dates you you ask a lot of questions. It's not just an instant like sparks or situation. It's like a, you have to understand their past and where they come from and the decisions they make. It's not just like, oh, I feel good with him, Yeah, you know?
2: Yeah, I, I think it, it okay. definitely takes work. Okay. Like I think it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be Q&A. Yeah, <laughs> kind yeah. Of. yeah. I right. think got a good got question got
1: yeah. is like, one, if you're in a relationship, am I being understood? And then the second question yeah. is like, are they trying to understand me? Yeah.
2: Exactly, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's the better question mm-hmm. because- being understood could take a long time.
1: Yeah. Right. But
2: I think it, is there an effort there? And it's the same way with everything goes full circle here with baggage. It's like, is there, a, is there a desire to, you know, use that baggage to, you know, overcome it or whatever, whatever, and like recognize it and work for it and verbalize that. It's the same with understanding. You're not going to magically understand someone just by hanging out with them. Like you really need to, it's all about questions. Like my, my whole thing is like, I'm not like, I've only recently started talking about dating this past year. Everything before that and really everything that I center on is this idea of mindfulness. And all mindfulness is is self-awareness. And all self-awareness is is asking and answering the question of why as often as possible, both for yourself and for other people. So I think that that's the key indicator. Like, are you driven into your why when you're with that person? Are they diving into your why when you're with that person? In, a, in any sense of it, whether it's your personality, your insecurities, your career, or whatever it is, I think that's like a really good sign of whether there's an enthusiasm um, to be understood. Or again, we have to check ourselves. Like a lot, a lot of that's a great question. Like if you're in a relationship and you're like, I don't know if this is the one for me, it's like, well, are you, are you curious? Are you driven to understand them? Maybe you're not. And maybe that's the biggest sign of all. Maybe you're like, I really just don't care to understand them. I like hanging out with them. Like, they're great. But I, you know, I don't really need to understand them. Well, there's your answer. So it goes both ways.
1: I love that. So, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> obviously you mentioned, you know, that up until, which is crazy to think it wasn't up until... That it wasn't until last year this you started year. talking about dating yeah. and relationships, because I just feel like your, your perspectives are so spot on. But I do now that we've talked about, you know, what it means to be single and when you're dating and when you're in a relationship, let's talk about ourselves. Let's talk about this concept of ego. And a big thing I wanted to start asking you about is indifference because Ashley and Lauren and I have talked on the podcast before about this concept called death to the cool girl. So none of us were essentially like the cool girl, like, and when I say the cool girl, I mean, like, we love to care. I was, you know, I can only speak for myself. I'll let them speak for themselves, but it's like, I'm the person that like maybe wants to text twice, you know, and I sort of wear my heart on my sleeve. And so we were just like, like, we just hated the game and we've talked about this at nauseum in the past. So I want your thoughts on like ego and maybe we start off with talking about
2: indifference. Yeah. Um yeah. That's the cool girl. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, so um yeah, I think relative to, you know, we're talking a lot about like looking forward and then looking back at what you'll regret. I think indifference is something you'll 100% regret. That's your own indifference, right? That's that's feeling a certain way but acting indifferent towards it. Mm-hmm. That's feeling a certain way, wanting to do a certain thing, wanting to be enthusiastic about a certain thing, but not acting on it because uh indifference is a safer play or indifference is a safer um, bet for yourself. You can't get hurt. You can't get rejected. Uh, It's definitely cool to be indifferent in a lot of scenarios. So I think just as a context and setup, like you're going to regret that. I I don't see a way around that. I don't think you, I think uh, as contrast, you'll never look back and be like, Oh, thank God I was indifferent. Thank God I didn't, you know, text when I wanted to, like, I I don't think that's possible. Mm -hmm. Again, this is how I think I like run random scenarios. I'm like, well, I won't regret that. So in the present, it's probably a, a good indicator. So anyway, I say that. And then I, I did just release an episode on this idea of ego. I think a lot of times people think ego is this nasty word. Like if you're, if you're driven by your ego, like you're a narcissist, you think you're hot shit, like you're the best, like you're, you, you probably don't care a lot about other people. You're probably pretty apathetic towards, towards other people. You probably don't show a whole lot of compassion. And I think that's true, right? That, that's the negative side of ego but I think there's a flip side. There's a flip side to everything. And I think there's a powerfully compassionate flip side to your, to your ego. And that's the side of you that says, I can handle any reaction to what I do. As long as it's well-intentioned, I have no problem with leading with my ego. And ego literally is like, I hate to say the word, but it's like swag. It's like confidence. It's like enthusiasm. It's like being loud and obnoxious because that's who you are. And and, you know, it's easy for me to, to be like, yeah, you know, go off, triple text, do your thing. But I really do believe that if you contrast that to indifference, leading with your ego, again, because you're okay with any result is always the right play. Like I, I really think you're going to regret being the person who plays games because it's safer, being the person who does the three-day th- three text rule. Like I, I really think that you're going to regret that. I think you're much better off being like, I have this thing, it's called my ego. It doesn't say that I'm better than anyone. It just says that I don't like being indifferent towards the things that are pulling at me. And I'm fine with acting on them because I, as a person, as a centered person can handle any outcome. So I'm going to act on it. And I've just found that that life universe, whatever you want to call it, rewards people who act that way so much more than people who don't. And- I
1: was just going to say, Ashley is so lived- lived this concept i I believe which is why i love really admire and respect you
4: i do um say this a lot and i know that my podcast listeners this and almost famous are gonna be like oh my god she's saying it again um while sometimes (laughs) i encourage my friends to play a cooler game you know like let him come to you if he wants to be with you he's gonna be with you but truly at the end of all of it i'm all about eliminating as many what if scenarios as possible and that's what you were talking about before it's just like if you are going to be linger like if you're just going to keep this thought process lingering just send the text because what's the worst case scenario you're going to at least know and the more you know the the less you're going to have to wonder what if
2: Exactly. It's the same with dealing with rejection. It's like, I would much rather know whether that's yes or no than dealing with what ifs. And actually, I'm, I'm going to record an episode later and I wrote an outline down. But there's a quote that I loved in it that I think is relative here. And it's a quote I hate. Like, I hate it. <laughs> like, yeah. I am like triggered. I'm triggered by this quote. I saw it Ooh, on Instagram. Probably
3: and, something I said, honestly. <laughs> what yeah, is it?
2: yeah. Awkward. Um, no, I, don't think, I don't think you said it. <laughs> so the quote is... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I saw this on Instagram earlier and people were like, yes, preach. And I hate it. The quote is the same energy given to me is the same energy I'm giving back no more and no less. And I really don't like that at all Mm -hmm. because that's basically saying like, I'm only willing to be kind. I'm only willing to be compassionate. I'm only willing to be honest and vulnerable when someone else does it first, which I think is an insane way to live your life. Like, okay, if, if you're that way and they don't reciprocate it, all right, well then bye. But as an initiation point, like, if you're only going to be the one who texts if they text, if you're going to be the one, whatever scenario, I think that's such a, like, an ass backwards way of living life. It, like, fires me up. So it's all the same. It's like, you are capable of caring. You're capable of not being indifferent. You're capable of being the first. So then just do it. Like, I really don't think you'll regret that. Yes, yes, I do think that that mentality definitely opens you up to being hurt more than being Mm -hmm. indifferent, but I think it's so much more rewarding. So I'm like hot off, hot off that topic. Clap,
1: clap, 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 clap. That's very funny. I love (laughs) your, I love it. I hate people that are indifferent.
2: Yeah, me too.
0: (laughs) I, I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know, I love Skims underwear. So I finally tried their bras and Skims has delivered again. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.
3: I don't think I'm indifferent, but I do believe that when you're starting to date someone new, that both... Biologically, the man is going to come after you if you're playing hard to get. So I always tell girls to play hard to get and don't and text I first. Her. And I have seen that work <laughs> plenty of times. So I'm just for a contradicting yeah. theory out well, there. I, I that's my. I, sense. I think that's
2: completely <laughs> fair. If it works, it works. Okay. But I, but I will say <laughs> the flip side also works. Like
3: yeah, I, I, I when, definitely when
2: a woman texts me first. I'm like, oh, whoa, that's freaking awesome! Like, like, yeah. So it works, but it works both ways. It just depends on the guy. Some guys yeah. want to be this alpha. I want to pursue you. Some it, guys totally. don't. Some guys want to be pursued, I guess. But there's also this middle ground of men like myself. Like, if like, I don't know, maybe I'm a sucker for a compliment or a first text. But I'm like, oh, whoa, like that's that's interesting. Like, like it's my attention. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. like, it works both ways. But it's it true. definitely
3: depends yeah. on the guy, and if you guys are like right for each other, yeah. like. If he likes you then he's going to love it, but if he doesn't like you he's not exactly. going to like it so
2: you, you'll have your answer yeah. out of the way. yeah, okay that's fair. That's yeah. true. Yeah.
3: okay oh, I was just going to say that Lauren uh, definitely has
4: she's done well in the game of love. <laughs> Lauren has very rarely <laughs> been rejected. whatever she does works,
3: but it's because I don't put myself out there that much <laughs>
1: <That's
3: true>. so, <laughs> and, that, and there it got there it is <laughs> and there you go. And I've been yeah.
1: hurt so much because I only put myself out. <laughs> Because there. I remember this I'm like, one shoot time me in the specifically. Of the war field. Sorry, Lauren, what were you saying? Uh, yeah,
3: no, it's fine. There's this one time I sent a text first, and I did not get a response. In the hurt <laughs> that I felt from that. I, well, I never want it again. I, whenever I see a cosmopolitan, I don't want it because I was drinking that at the wow. time. Okay. So, <laughs> and Lawrence told me r- in the past, it rings in my giving head. me advice. She's been like, don't ever text him first, ever. <laughs> and I'm
1: like, how do you not? And she's like, I've I always let them text me first. But see, you're much better at handling the, the letdown, maybe. I think highest. I've just been so through go. a lot of them that it, it doesn't get easier every time, but you sort of know how to pick yourself up every time a little bit better, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Practice
2: makes perfect in a very painful way. But I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I, I always think I, there's this one like bar I won't go to here in the city anymore. And, and I'm the guy who gives advice. I won't go there anymore because I went on this second day with a girl there many, many years ago. And in the middle of it, she said mm. she had to go feed her dog and just left. And I never heard from her again. So like oh, I'll never go back to that bar. Are you kidding
1: me? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that happens. That happens I, to aww. people every day yeah, all the time. Yeah. And I, it happens in the form of ghosting even. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah <laughs> that wild. was a little more overt. Um yeah. But uh, yeah, like, I mean, oh, everyone Jesus. responds to things differently. I respond to that as well. Okay. Well, that was interesting. But I'm, you know, it's fine. I just won't go back to that bar because, you know,
1: because <laughs> oh, it's oh, cursed. Please. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It's cursed. Case, you've just been such a wealth of knowledge. We feel so lucky that you came on because um, this is, I feel like, a crash course in Case Kenny, <laughs> this podcast. But obviously, I, I have to ask you one personal question you, excuse me. before we let you go. I. I would always like sort of overshare my dating experience in the in like the first couple years of this podcast and last year I kind of took a step back. I'm curious cuz you're kind we of like it. in this you're in the same do you talk about like people you're currently dating on the podcast or do you yep. see what happens first like current situations? Like today, if you 're talking to a girl, are you like mm. going on the podcast and sort of opening up about it, or do you wait and see until things you know you see it through first and then and then choose to share it?
2: I, I generally wait just out of respect <laughs> to her and myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it's blown up to me in the past where I have talked about something and then it, it created some awkward conversations about it, which were unintentional. Yeah. So I just, that I just happened wait. to
1: me last year. Yeah. And so it's, it's this internal struggle for me. Cause I'm like, I really just want to be myself, but I'm sort of doing the latter now too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She, it's a balance. I mean, I always, everything I talk about, I think it would be disingenuous if it wasn't from my own life. So sometimes I'll, you know, change names or change dates and like yeah. <laughs> do things like that just to make it real. But yeah, it's a, it's a balance for sure. It's, you know, too.
3: do you think that you feel pressure to like stay single since like you're the single preacher?
2: Yeah. It's a really hard hitting question. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. I mean, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's I feel like, that
1: too. Kind of sometimes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's tough. Cause it's like, that's like my brand, a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, mm-hmm. and it's not like I set out to do that. It just kind of fell into it. And it's not something I'm like interested in always having, but yeah, right. I mean, it's tough. And it's like, you know, when you're the, the mindfulness dating guy, it's like, well, the bar is so high for yourself. Like you better take your yeah. own advice on everything. And I'm, again, I always say, I'm just a dude being a guy. Like I, I, you know, I'm average in that sense. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a balance for sure. But you're you know, not eat, average. Talk,
4: when it comes to articulating yourself and all of this dating uh, situations, well, thank Fantastic. you. I appreciate
1: that. You're the best, <laughs> case. You. So you guys can um, please subscribe to Case's podcast, New Mindset. Who dis? he drops them every Monday and Thursday? Right, yep. Yep. they're around like 20 minutes each, so digestible, which is why I love it because you don't have to commit that much time to it. It's like you can drive to the grocery store and listen to one of his podcasts. Um, anything else you want to plug, case, and tell our listeners where they can find you?
2: Uh, no that's it. Uh, Instagram is usually the best way. I post a lot there and then uh com if you want to pick up the book Singles of Superpower or I also sell a bunch of mindfulness journals there as well.
1: Amazing. You're the best. Cool. Well, thanks for joining thank us. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. I appreciate
4: Bye. It. Bye. Did you know that everyone has an aura? Do you know what color your aura is? Maybe you have a fiery red personality or a quiet and calm blue or green. You could be an organized and methodical yellow or an explosive purple. Come join me, Mystic Michaela, on my podcast, Know Your Aura, to find out all about how your personality can be explained in colors.
0: I don't